0: Side guy, Colin the side guy. Hmm. Doop doop. Oh, yes. Uh, hello, your video's not working, but uh, oh, yes, the okay. audio is loud and proud. <laughs>
1: mask, hey, hey. mask free as always <laughs> yeah. no mask in here either wow remember, la- remember last hey, oh, hey. Remember, last- <laughs> <laughs> remember last time when uh, Hillary was wearing a mask inside no uh- uh,
0: yes I do things have really taken a
1: turn since then huh?
0: you guys don't get it <laughs>
1: Here, I just need to set up my mic here. Last time I forgot to uh, Ain't ready. put on my mic.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it was reflected in the uh, the sound the of uh, the audio boom boom. Uh, you know, Is we this... are we are recording right now.
1: I figured. I just need to get a chair, though. I'm very sorry. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. No need to apologize to me. I think it's our listeners you, you primarily what? need what? to uh, apologize to.
1: One second, listeners.
0: All righty. Well, I'll just uh, keep them entertained here. This is uh, another episode of Maybe Nets Time. We'll surely scream about that um, in no time. Uh, it is our weekly podcast about all things Brooklyn Nets. Nets Nation, that's the line I usually usually use. Uh, it's getting lonely here <laughs> on the old microphone. <laughs> um, okay. We are here, Simon, as we are each and every unrelenting week. Is that not yes. correct? That is correct. That's true. To bring you, our beloved listeners, another episode of. Maybe. 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 Next, Next time. <laughs> <laughs> we well, are. Well. <laughs> I know you you, you you can't see what I'm seeing, listeners, uh, but it is a true sight to behold, Simon. Uh, what's happening in that room over there?
1: Oh, well, a total, I was not ready uh, when you called. Uh, clearly, I'm a little discombobulated. Uh, I'm not sure if I need to get headphones, but... Um... Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you, but I'm not sure. Yeah, Hillary I mean, wants, right, wants.
0: right, right. And it, it probably also fine. has a deleterious effect on your audio, too, because it the mic is going to pick up my sounds unless you have me on the. Oh,
1: uh, okay. Hang on one on the... second. <laughs> let, me just, let me just get that ready here. Yeah, this will be mostly a you show.
0: Right, right, right. No problem whatsoever. So, the nice thing about this weekend for NBA fans, as you presumably are uh, listeners, Is that um, they're playing horse on the old TV? Of course. Uh, And I don't know, Uh, Simon. Who do you have your money on this weekend in the horse horse matchups? You got your headphones going there? I don't. um, Chris Paul, uh, Trey Young, Chauncey Billups, Paul. Oh, sure. Paul Pierce. Okay. Uh, a couple of WNBA players who I'm not familiar with. Um, yeah, I of the names I just gave you. So have, no net. I think that it's no it's net. Sure. Safe to say. Uh, who who are you, who are you rooting for? Trey Young.
1: <laughs> All right. I love his shooting.
0: All right. So you got your headphones on. You got your mic set up. And you know what? We're only five minutes in, so <laughs> <laughs> if we happen to go five minutes over the hour, it doesn't really count, listeners. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, good to see you. This is, um, as our listeners are no doubt aware at this point in the in the episode, this is the trade episode.
1: Yeah, maybe. next. Yeah. The trade episode, yes.
0: Uh, so Simon and I asked listeners to to submit trade proposals. Um, since Simon and I, I guess in a technical sense, qualify as listeners, two listeners have, <laughs> have submitted some trade proposals. And, Thanks, uh, everyone. And we'll be going over those. Um, but I feel like trade uh, – d- Trade proposals is kind of a fun theme that we could hit a you know a few times during the corona um, I know yeah. I for one don't uh, don't like the team as currently constructed, so <laughs> might as well fantasize uh who we might get through trades, yeah all right, so we will get to the trades. Imminently, but there are a few big-ticket news items we have got to hit before that, Simon. And the first one is my increasingly um, uh, favorite segment of the show, and it is the Something I Noticed segment. Ah, yes.
1: It's one of my <laughs> favorites now, too.
0: All right. So the evidence of the, the NBA Instagram... Um, I don't know, person, hating the Nets, uh, has been mounting. Whoever is running the NBA's IG has a grudge against the, the Nets. They they began with a, a Kyrie Irving montage. It included no clips of him playing with the Nets. Uh, the next week featured Ben Simmons going off against, you guessed it, the Brooklyn Nets. And this week, Simon... <laughs> This week they posted a, so- a story about Andre Jum- Drummond in this 2K tournament. Okay. Absolutely humiliating Boogie Cousins in round 1. He beat him 101 to 49. More than doubled <laughs> Boogie Cousins' points. Andre wow. Andre Drummond chose as his team the team that got 101 points, the Los Angeles Lakers. Would you like to guess who Boogie Cousins chose as his team? The Nets. The Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> so, I don't know. What, what at this point, what would this guy have to do to convince you that he's not? Uh, that he doesn't have a vendetta against the Brooklyn Nets?
1: Uh... I don't know. He could do he could do what yes is doing and post clips from uh, Kyrie's losing effort to the uh, Timberwolves. T-Wolves? Yeah, yeah. Or or, you know, what would really do it. William would would really throw us for a loop is if he played uh, if he had the clip of Kyrie hitting the game winning shot against the Knicks oh yeah 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 that's that would throw us off the scent
0: that's never gonna happen anyway something i noticed this week and i'm just waiting for the next indignity as the as the (laughs) as the weeks unfold um the espn power rankings are out simon yeah, um, I don't have an ESPN Plus account because I'm not a fucking millionaire. But <laughs> I did have access to a free podcast put out right. by Brian Winhurst, so um, heard a little bit about it. Now the ESPN Power Rankings have have been uh, catnip for this podcast for many many years. Um, early on, it was fun to revel in uh, <laughs> their their increasingly bleak projections. And then somehow last year through the brilliance that is Sean Marks, we had risen up to number two in the power rankings of, uh, put together by Bobby Marks, a man I have less than no respect for. And, um, Kevin Kevin Pelton.
1: Right. Who we, who we both have respect for. Although he has been, he, he and the uh, Instagram NBA.com uh, people have <laughs> a lot in common lately, it seems.
0: Yeah, not too high on the Nets. Um, so we we made it up to two last year, and so they started out the Brian Winhurst podcast discussing teams that were the biggest droppers in the rankings, teams that had fallen the furthest. And who did they start with other than our beloved brooklyn nets we've fallen from number two all the way down to number nine um i'm just gonna hit a few of the points they made for the for the for why we dropped and then i'd yeah. like to hear your reaction simon
1: oh i've got it Maybe oh and
0: i do not doubt that buddy um Management plunged. They were fourth last uh, last time they did these rankings. They didn't say in the um, in the episode what it had plunged to, but it said that was one of the biggest areas of decline for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, this largely because they see the Nets as uh, let Nets management when they fought, one fired Kenny Atkinson, but two how that sort of. Um, Signifies that that management is now basically subservient to the stars on this team, and it's hard to rank management highly when it's clear that they do not have the agency to act on their own.
1: Uh, Uh, And the Torian Prince thing as well. The Torian Prince, so Torian
0: is a problem. That was my next point. Oh, sorry. Uh, That's okay. Uh, We're twenty. We were ranked twenty eighth out of thirty teams in money. So we've got a lot of contracts on the books for a lot of money, including four more years of DeAndre Jordan.
1: Just three, if if, if, if this year
0: is. I'm kaputsk. counting this year. I'm counting. Oh this yeah, year. I'm I'm not I'm not a defeatist, buddy. I'm out. <laughs> You're out on this year. All right, so three more years, thirty million more to DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> Simon is wildly uh, flashing three fingers on at me. Um, they said another issue for them with the Nets going forward. J- Deandre Jordan starting is a problem, uh, a problem, not only because he sucks at basketball, which is a universally agreed upon, <laughs> uh, premise at this point, literally no one other than maybe Jacques Vaughn is going to publicly say that Deandre Jordan's good at basketball. Um, and I guess Kyrie and, and uh, Katie, um, but, It also shows the coaching staff has no control over who gets to play. Uh, one coach has already lost his job and the other is starting him in fear. And is that a good uh, promising thing for the future? Um, according to these power rankings, no, it was not uh, final two things. Simon, Tim Bontemps thinks nine is way too high for the nets. They don't have a coach. The injury risks are obvious. They have almost no money. They're going to be way over the tax. he, thinks you have to be uh, sort of delusionally high on Kevin Durant returning at near full, full um, capacity for them to warrant a ninth ranking. And then Windhorse kills them for the man I perpetually kill us for now, DeAndre Jordan, um, and the way that they have bent over for him. So, <coughs>
1: Simon, what are your takes? Uh, okay, so first of all, here, here's a, what I'm sure in Nets Nation is a somewhat controversial uh, take. I am pretty much fine with being nine. I mean, I, I don't – like, I don't know. I just have no uh, – full disclosure, I've never cheered for an NBA team that has won the championship. So I don't – you know, basically like better than two-thirds of the NBA is – I don't know. To me – Not something to sneeze at. So if it is actually nine, then, you know, I'm I'm pretty fine with that, Uh, Two is um, I think that I'm a little bit annoyed at the premise that because your stars are calling a lot of the shots um, means to be seen if it's all of them. But. Certainly, they're exerting big time influence um, because, for two reasons. One, on that same Hoop Collective uh, podcast, at least Brian Windhurst and I feel like others have been like, and you gotta, you know, make sure everything's, you know, of course it's it's um, malpractice to not make sure Kevin Durant is fine with everything, and you gotta keep Kevin Durant happy, and you gotta do this. So then saying all of that and being like, and everyone sort of like acknowledges stars you have to keep happy because there's only a very select number of them that can influence, um, you know, basketball so much um, and how well your team plays. Very arguable whether Kyrie is one of them, but Kevin Durant is thought to be one of them. We'll see how he comes back from injury. Anyway, And th- so it's annoying to be like, oh, man, you're so subservient. That knocks your your um, ranking. But the second reason why I'm annoyed by that is that a team like the Lakers, who I believe is, I don't know, at least top four. Um, maybe they're Number one. Two. I'm not sure. Number two. Number two do, does anyone think that the Lakers are, are talking to LeBron James and saying like, hey, well, this was good. I'm just – you were spitballing here, but ultimately it's whatever I say goes. Like obviously that's not the case. LeBron James is at least as influential uh, on that management team – as Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I Please. refuse to believe otherwise. No, of course,
0: I, but I think the difference is that LeBron has a track record of leading any organization he's part of to the championship.
1: But that's not management. That that so to me it's it's ridiculous to say if the ranking was which star who controls your front office is better at controlling oh, your front sorry, office? Sorry, sorry,
0: they didn't rank. They didn't rank Los Angeles's management number two, but they are ranked number two. Yeah, I have I no they idea do what they're. them
1: really high. I think they were talking about how that was one of the scores that went up because they had a, a, ba- a relatively bad score last year because mm-hmm. it was after you know show the... and Magic Johnson right. and yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, and now they're much higher, but. It's just a matter of what LeBron wanting um, is has worked out this time, right? I mean, him wow, wanting wow, them wow. To, sh- to throw. Uh, <laughs> this all is of their this picks is Simon.
0: Simon, is Nets Daily paying you? <laughs>
1: well, no, I mean, but it, it's it's ridiculous to say to <laughs> to me to say that you shouldn't listen to your star and that that dings you your management score when it's a component of it. It's a component of it. Not right.
0: not having a coach, I think, is a big part of this as well. Right. Um, and they and have what They have a guy who would have ended in the top five um, if you were doing a coach of the year voting. Frank Vogel would have been a top five candidate for that. We, um, I don't think Jock Vaughn is getting the vote this year. I mean, he did win. He did beat the Lakers with them in right, his second exactly. outing. So,
1: exactly with with their vaunted uh, management team. <laughs> Uh, just an incredible job managing, guys. Just you're doing stuff that the Nets could only dream of. Doing exactly what the Nets are doing, anyway. So moving on. Um, the the other thing that I I mean I agree completely that the Torian Prince signing is certainly in retrospect definitely, but even at the time, you know it's risky to give a guy that much money um, when he's never actually played for you. Um, and that's what the Nets did. Uh, they took a risk it at least as of now uh, has backfired. Um, and uh, you know I, I do think it's fair to wonder what um, what this team will look like, but it's weird that it goes from two to nine based on this year in terms of like if, if you say if you thought, Last year that they were the, the second best team, or, you know, I had the chance to be for the next three years, the the second best team in the league. Mm-hmm. What exactly has changed on the court that makes you doubt that? Because I, I you know, the same guy, Kevin Pelton, mm-hmm. um, last year before the season started, said mm, the Nets, even if Kyrie Irving is healthy, are probably going to win. You know they they they're gonna win the same amount, right? Mm-hmm. So now Kyrie Irving was not healthy at all, pretty much, only played 20 games, and the Nets were on pace to be six games worse, um, so th- than what Kevin Pelton wanted. So to me, that does not does not um qu- does not count for a two to nine drop when yeah. when you're basically whole treading water in basically the way that the same guy who did the rankings thought you were going to.
0: So a couple things on that one, uh, Tim bond mentioned, uh, that he thought it was always preposterous that they had ever been ranked as high as two. And I think Kevin Pelton conceded that that was, that was an overly optimistic ranking for them last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also supposed to be three years, into the future. That's what the power rankings are, are supposed to capture. Um, not the next year, but over the next three years. Um, and so theoretically, at the beginning of last season, you're getting at least two years, um, two of those three years with Durant. Again, that's the same now, but you have also one fewer year of, of a potential Kyrie Irving being a part of it. So that could have played into it. But I think I think I think it's safe to say that um, if you genuinely believe they were the second ranked second at the beginning of the season, it would be a huge uh, it would be hard to explain why you would then drop them to ninth. But um, I think we could both concede that they should never have been ranked two.
1: Sure. I think that's fair. And what again, you, I'm, I'm the one sitting at nine being like, OK, well, that's probably the best the Nets could ever hope for. I agree. In, I think I think
0: nine is, is overrating them significantly.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know about that. And I, I, I also found just as a brief aside, I found uh, Tim Bottams's whole thing about how the Sixers who I, he covers and is basically a homer for them as like, you know, oh, my God. So obviously so much better than the Nets. I, I, I mean, I don't know.
0: I mean, I, they, I think they're obviously significantly better than us. Uh, but, Simon, how does it make you feel to any time the Nets are mentioned, uh, whoever's talking about the Nets shit on DeAndre Jordan?
1: <laughs> well, you know, the one reprieve from that is, uh, other than Nets Daily, is um, the New York Post's Brian Lewis. He seems to be a real believer um, in – in uh, DeAndre, like he, he's constantly talking about all the, you know, things that, you know, be, being tough inside, getting rebounds, being being a better force than than uh, Jarrett and. Um, and, uh, oh, you know who else? Steve Lichtenstein at times has tweeted things like, man, I don't want to see Jared out there. Like, I don't have any faith in him getting the rebound and crunch time, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a little bit within the Nets world anyway of, of positive DeAndre coverage.
0: Right. And it's universal outside of a Nets bubble, universal <laughs> condemnation of DeAndre Jordan's role on this team and ability to play basketball. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Okay. <laughs> so speaking of a guy who can't really play basketball, but whose opinion I um, am interested in quite a bit more than I am in, say, DeAndre Jordan's, Jared Dudley. Uh, have you – do you have any idea what I'm talking about right now? His, his comments about Katie and Kyrie. Uh, so he gave a very long – interview about uh to the athletic about all uh, a lot of things but he talked a, a bit about the nets and in particular i was i wanted to bring up what he said about kenny atkinson did you read
1: this or hear about this just that he said that they didn't come for him that katie and Kyrie didn't sign up because they wanted to play with Kenny Atkinson or something Uh, like that?
0: um, Yeah, that is is one of the things. But there's a longer quote that I I kind of wanted to read from the article that I think is just to get back onto the, maybe this will be the final one, conversation about Kenny Atkinson as a (laughs) coach. But do you mind if I read a, sure, a somewhat sure. m- long quote? I, I, I doubt you've read it. I didn't read the um, Nets Daily ripoff of this article, so I, I don't know if it was mentioned in it. But this is the part I found most compelling. And this is sort of Jared Dudley on why he thinks Kenny Atkinson's a good coach. So he said, I didn't like the stigma for him as, oh, he can only be a development coach. I've been with Doc Rivers, I've been with Larry Brown, I've been with Frank Vogel, and I've been with a lot of young coaches, and I've seen Kenny Atkinson. Kenny Atkinson can coach LeBron James. Kenny Atkinson can coach Kevin Durant. He knows basketball. Yes, he does analytics, but he's a player's coach. He's also someone that I respect, holds you accountable. Hey Delo, that's a terrible last shot. Spencer, what's up with the mood swings? Jared I need more from you. He would call you out in a respectable way. He's one of the few coaches that's on the floor with you. He's doing drills, passing it. He's out there getting a sweat. You knew he loved hoops. So that's Jared Dudley on Kenny Atkinson and trying to dispel this notion that he's uh, just a development guy, can't actually um, hang as a coach of stars uh, in the league. Um, And, you know, Jared Dudley is respected as a a very candid guy, a guy who will give you honest, um, honest answers in a in a league that is mostly filled with, you know, PR puff. Um, And I just thought it was, uh, you know, I thought it. This was a a, a really wide ranging interview where mostly folk, it was done by a Lakers beat writer. So it was mostly about like this season, how disappointed he is that they're not, they might not have a chance to go for the championship, what happened in China at the beginning of the season. But just this mention of Kenny Atkinson and he went off, and this is maybe like the longest part, it turned into the longest part of the interview. And I don't think it was even, you know, really meant to take up any amount of space but he really went out of his way to praise kenny atkinson as a guy right up there with coaches like doc rivers frank vogel larry brown some of the best coaches in the league um and and you know explicitly said he's a guy who could coach lebron james he could coach a kevin durant um not to not to open up old wounds (laughs) but uh I don't know what. What's your what's your reaction to that? Uh,
1: yeah, I don't know. It's it's somewhat surprising. I mean, I I I think that Kenny always deserved a chance um, to do it, but I think both you and I, and, and I do think he he deserves the chance to coach stars, but um. I don't know I mean I, I I feel like a part of being it's very hard to coach um, stars the way that you coach everyone else right and I, I think I think one of the things that came through in the um, the athletic article about Kenny's firing was that for all of us sort of you know um, um, our sort of cynicism around Nets culture and all, all of that. Kenny seems to really have believed it, right. He, he talked about, you know, being direct and honest with all of his players. And, you know, he seemed to, to follow the ethos that, um, you know, the same way Sean Marks said, you know, Tim Duncan, when I was with the Spurs was treated the same way that I was when I was on the team and was just, you know, basically a bench warmer. So, I hear Jared Dudley saying that, and I appreciate that. Um, But I, I guess it's unfortunate, and I don't agree with Kyrie Irving, especially Kyrie Irving, being able to dictate after playing twenty games and winning eight um, that you need to uh, you know radically transform your team, uh, get rid of your coach, et cetera. But I'm not totally. Surprised by that, and I'm not sure it's not hard for me to believe that Kenny is not was not the coach for those two stars
0: yeah i mean um if if uh history is any indication, literally no one is uh meant to be the coach of <laughs> Kyrie Irving. <laughs> i mean sorry, no one that would like to continue to have a job after working with Kyrie.
1: Irving. <laughs> Yeah, so, but, you know, it's that's interesting because also his thing about it, him saying that, you know, he understands basketball, etc., etc. et cetera, like you and I and lots of Nets Twitter um, have frustrations with Kenny's X's and O's, his, his ability to adjust, his rotations, his ability to adjust on the fly, his ability to stop runs, all of those things that happen. So it's interesting to hear him say, like, you know, to vouch for – him as, as a coach beyond development.
0: Yeah, no. And, and, and to be totally frank, I'm not that disappointed that he's not going to be our coach. I think it is an interesting opportunity to bring someone new in. Um, and I don't know that I, I don't have that much faith in him as a guy who can, you know, Nick nurse it up and run like a box in one and do all these, you know, like these weird, like pull out of this vast repertoire of, of plays, these little weird tweaks that fuck with the other team in a game where you're like, Oh my God, this coaching decision is like manifesting in a way I can actually observe as a fan, which is really rare, you know, to, to understand the impact of, of coaching in a game. Um, so I don't think that he was that. And I don't think that we have lost, um, you know, a future, Great coach, Um, but I just think the (laughs) whole—I just think it's emblematic of of so much more. Like you said, the culture thing, um, the the management having control and being able to say who gets to be the coach, at least, et cetera, et cetera. So probably we won't keep talking about Kenny Atkinson, but I just thought that that um, warranted maybe one more mention. Sure. All right, let's get to trades. Sure. All right. Did you listen to the Glue Guys two episodes on it? I have not. no. Okay. They are, and I'm not saying this to 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 build up our own, but they're they're absolute trash. Honestly, both of those episodes are garbage. The guys they want to go to one are completely preposterous that we would be able to get them i'll give you uh some of the names in a second but they're also listening to them all of these guys minus one who is a bad fit for another reason um would help to create one of the historic worst defenses in NBA history. So the three guys that they are very hot on, one of whom we've, we've talked about um, Bradley Beal. So that's a fairly obvious one. Carl Anthony towns is another one uh, perpetually knocked for his D, but an incredibly good um, offensive player, obviously who I would love to have on the team. I just, they're not trading him this year until they see what he and D'Angelo Russell are like. So I don't even know why that's a possible trade. Um, and then James Harden was another yeah. guy that they put forward um, again, you know, a notoriously horrible, horrible defender, um, uh, another, you know, superstar scorer. But I don't see us. Um, being able to get him or or that working particularly well to have uh, reunite Durant and Harden on a team. Um, the other guy they mentioned was Ben Simmons, who would be a great defensive asset, but does not... I don't know. I just don't see that being a very good fit either, since Ben Simmons basically needs a Giannis-like team around him. And I don't think that um, Durant and Kyrie would want to be like the wing shooters for the Ben Simmons show. Mm -hmm. Um, And if that's not the case, then you're kind of wasting that guy's talent. So anyway, just wanted to mention that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Before we start talking about our own trades, uh, which I think are going to be much better. I have no idea who you're going to pick or who you think we're going to... I'm not
1: vouching for his.
0: (laughs) Right, right. It's Carl Anthony Towns, James Harden, and Bradley Beal. (laughs) Because what this team needs is more offense. Um, So a couple things for for mine to set it up, Simon. I am basically the thing I care about right now because I think if you have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on your team, you're guaranteed barring injuries and barring Kevin Durant coming back and being bad, basically. Uh Okay. We're back. We had a little system overload. Um, so barring Kevin Durant coming back and being bad, we're going to have a very good offense. Uh, I think that's pretty safe to say, right? Like that's what Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant get you. They get you a great offense. Neither one, um, Kevin Durant is has more potential as a defender, but has never, certainly in the regular season, been a great defender. Yeah, um, and, and Kyrie Irving is is objectively a bad defender. Yes. Um, so, for my, uh, when we're thinking like, you know, Heatles, big three stars, the thing that sort of bugs me about what the Glue Guys did is that they're thinking of these, uh, you know, putting another offensive spark plug. The thing about the Heatles <laughs> was that. Those three guys, like LeBron James was probably the most versatile and if not the best, one of the best defenders in the league at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade were both dog defenders as well. Um, they had a really, really good defensive team. Um, and most championship teams do. Like the Warriors had to obviously transcendent offense, but they were anchored by Draymond Green being maybe the best defensive player of his generation like you need someone to play defense and we don't so when you just like plug in these sort of like nba fantasy things where it's like oh yeah these guys are going to have you know 70 points a half and uh you know it's kind of exciting to think about but if it gets down to the playoffs you need someone who can stop someone so my trades are largely going to be trying to get a star and i put that in quotes because a lot of these guys aren't that star E who is who's defensive minded. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I wanted to mention was that, I didn't necessarily lay out exactly who would be leaving from the nets in each of these trades, but I think it's fair to say that, like, for all these trades, and you correct me if I'm wrong for years, but like Spencer, some combination of Spencer, Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Jarrett Allen are like the big three attractive trade assets. Um, You can sprinkle in a, a Kuruts, a Musa, and a Prince if you think anyone is interested in them, though I don't really consider them assets that people will be that excited about and then it's just picks really that we have to offer would you say that's right. p- that's pretty fair yes all right great so would you like to start or shall i
1: sure i'll i'll start us off slow and i'll build 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 so <laughs> okay um this one uh i liked what you did last time we did something like this which was uh nicknaming your trade oh yeah 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 uh so this one is called homecoming this one is um the nets trade spencer dinwiddie and Zanon musa to the lakers for jumping jeff green uh my
0: to the lakers yeah you mean danny green
1: yeah yeah what did i say jeff green not jeff green sorry yeah danny green
0: okay jeff green is god awful danny green okay all right i'm listening i'm listening
1: Uh, My reasoning for that is I have heard from my Lakers source that um, (laughs) LeBron. Is that me? No, it's uh, that guy, Phil, my coworker, Phil. Okay. Um, I'm kind of offended it's not me. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, well, I don't. Anyway, from what I gather, he feels like um, LeBron is forced to handle the ball too much. Um, expending a lot of energy in the regular season, um, basically playing point guard. Um, and it would be nice to have another ball handler who could g- give um, LeBron, you know, a spell for, for a while, at least in the regular season, make it so he doesn't have to be, you know, uh, playmaking the entire time. So that's why they would want Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, and Zanon Musa is thrown in. Just to kind of make the salaries closer, um, because Jeff Green does actually make more. He makes $15 million a year. Danny Green. Sorry, Danny Green makes 15 million, more, uh, $15 million a year. Spencer will be making about 11 point, basically 12. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and... Musa can handle a rock if you if you really need him to in a pinch. Yeah, and I
0: don't see sc- LeBron trusting Musa very much, but uh, <laughs> yeah, throw him in there. Good riddance. Um, um, I I like the trade because Danny Green is the exact type of guy I would love to have on this team. Right. Um, in that we need a a truly dogged defender out there. And that's what he does. I mean, you look at his box score on any given night, it's like two to five points. Oftentimes he's not a, he's not a, obviously a a huge asset on the, on the offensive end, but he is a threat to shoot. People respect his shot. So he is sort of the, the quintessential three and D banger. I think, I think um, that is sort of undervaluing Spencer Dinwiddie a little bit, but um, I'd like that nonetheless.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think we we yeah it's three three and D wings are what we need probably the most I I would argue and I know Danny Green is a good you know a good plus minus guy and uh, yeah I, I I think we could probably get more perhaps for for Spencer but Danny Green is like a legit starter um, yeah for sure whereas Spencer is maybe
0: right um, did you uh, do you remember my trade with the Lakers last time? I don't. It was Spencer Dinwiddie. This is in December uh, of this year. So Spencer Dinwiddie to the Lakers for Kyle Kuzma and Contavious Caldwell. Pope. Right. right. Um, I still like that one quite a lot. Contavious Paul- Caldwell. Pope um, has started for the Lakers some this season, but plays a significant <laughs> amount. Decent shooter, decent offensively. The Nets are interested in him, and he's a good defender. Good-ish defender. Mm. Wing defender. Um, and then, you know, uh, Kuzma, he was taken with our pick. Let's, uh, let's bring him back. Sure. All right. My first trade, Simon is, uh, the title for it is we need to talk to the magic. (laughs) So there are, there are two players that I would like to go after on the magic and, um, I would love to do a package for them. But I don't know that we would have enough to get both of them. So the one that I would I would most want to get is 26 11, 22 22-year-old Jonathan Isaac. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he only averaged 12 points and seven rebounds. Uh, not bad for a guy who's it's third year in the league. Um, he, but he averaged a gaudy 2.4 blocks and 1.6 steals per game. He shot 33% from three. Um, and is widely regarded as one of the elite young defensive players in the NBA, um, has the switch ability to guard on the wing or down low. Uh, and I think could even potentially, if he bulked up a little bit, he's pretty skinny, be like a stretch five type for the Nets. Hmm. Um, So I think him. And then, of course, I'm going to go back to this guy that we've talked about many times, Aaron Gordon. So Uh Aaron Gordon had a down year, which I think would make him more gettable than ever. But he still averaged uh, just shy of 15 points, over seven rebounds. His shooting from three was down to 31%. But he is six foot eight. He can play the four. And he is also a really, really good defender, and a lot of people think that if he were to adopt, like Zach Lowe has said this a few times, that if he were to just sort of accept that he is not going to be, like, the, the offensive focus of a team and really focus on the defense, that he has, like, the instincts and the body to be a Draymond Green-level defender in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would love to go after both of those guys. I think it would be pretty hard um, to offer a package that would entice them to essentially gut the future of their team. Those are like the two most exciting young players on their team. But, um, you know, any combination of Spencer, Karis, Jarrett, and Furse would be good for me. I think a Spencer and like a... Jarrett for Jonathan Isaac too would be because I know they desperately need a point guard in, in Orlando.
1: What about Fultz? I thought he was uh, coming back or whatever.
0: I mean, he's not very good. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he's coming back and that he was able to play, but yeah, no, I don't think anyone is um, imagining he's going to set the world on fire. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you like either of those guys?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I would love to have uh, either one of them. I... Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I would love to. Uh, okay, my next one... Uh, NBA fanatics will know that there is alleged trouble in um, Utah uh, between stars Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Um, I think there is a decent chance that this is off-season gossipy trash that has nothing, no actual (laughs) veracity, but maybe it's true. Um, Given that, I have... A package here where the Nets would get Rudy Gobert um, for Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, and Philly's first round pick. I know that we just spent a lot of time saying that um, uh, DeAndre Jordan is, you know, protected by our two stars. Um, I think we would just have to hope that Um, no one is going to start Deandre Jordan (laughs) over Rudy Gobert. (laughs) Right. And he would add a a toughness, a tenacity. Um, he could anchor the D.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's incredible He's a defensive player of the year.
1: Right. And he would not be a player that I would at least be worried about, you know, needing touches and being worried about being the third offensive, um, force on the team. And, uh, you know, uh, maybe the jazz would do it because they want to appease their star of the future.
0: Oh, I love that one. That's uh, I d- I hadn't thought of him, but um, I don't know how I didn't when I was just thinking <laughs> about defense and he is literally the defensive player of the year. Um, all right. I'm going to do this one really quickly because we've already talked about it. Drew holiday. He's yeah. He's my, my number one guy, which we could get. Oh, uh, great. Uh, well, maybe Jonathan Isaac's my number one. Drew Holiday is my close second. Uh, he makes the most sense to me, and I've already said this, uh, but he makes the most sense next to Katie and Kyrie in that he, he doesn't have any expectation of being um, the number one guy. He's great off ball. He's a, a dogged defender, uh, and I think he would really compliment both of those guys. Uh, the thing is I don't know what we have that would entice um, – the Pelicans, uh-huh. I think we would probably have to do a lot of picks because I think they're trying to sort of hoard those so they can use them in the future to build around Zion by trading them for other pieces. So I think it'd be largely picks, and then, you know, we throw in, like, a Spencer or something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, we yeah, we'd have to have... Um... We'd have to throw them some money probably as well. So, I mean, in in terms of contracts. So can I tell you what I have around them? Sure. To to send them for for him? Because I agree he would be great to have. Um, It is uh, Karis LeVert, who is young, but he would still be in the the prime of his career when, you know, two or three years down the road when you're maybe hopeful that you're at least showing steady progress with that group. Um, and he's got, he doesn't have many miles on him, not a tread on those tires. Uh, and, uh, it makes 17 million. Then Jared Allen, they do need a center. Um, Jared Allen is quite young. Uh, and then you could throw them Musa and, uh, (laughs) to kind of make it up to those 20 closer to that 25 million that, uh, that he makes. And then, yeah, I agree with you probably one or two, um, first round picks.
0: Yeah, they have, unfortunately, a center, backup center right now, who's a rookie named Jackson Hayes, who went to Texas just like Jared Allen and is essentially a doppelganger of Jared Allen, which to me would suggest that they might not be terribly interested in Jared Allen. But uh, I think that would be a a fantastic trade if we could pull it off. Mm. Um, My next guy, Simon, Eric Bledsoe. Oh, okay. So Eric Bledsoe Sorry. made all defensive first team last year. He's a very solid player. The biggest knock on him is that he sucked in the has sucked in the playoffs. Yes. Um and he he does he does seem to wilt in the playoffs. That said, if his role offensively is so clearly supporting k d and Kyrie um and he is really out there as a defensive guy. I see that as less of a liability in the playoffs
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. um and I think that um because uh because of the lack of success he's had in the playoffs that we might be able to get him at something of a steal, so it could be for something like uh you know a Jared Allen. Um, he doesn't have a huge contract i don 't think okay uh, but me... I, I would see that he is uh, I, I would I would think that he is obtainable I think we'd have to do more than i mean money wise we 'd definitely have to do more than just Jared but you throw in some 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 Kuduts and musa and whatnot and and we 're probably getting closer to it
1: let's see what his contract is uh, I can pull that up very quickly here um, he is making um, ooh, he's on a new contract. He's he's gonna be making s- about seventeen million next year. Um, oh. so you yeah you'd have to throw maybe a Spencer type of contract or a Torian Prince or a or or you ooh, can just do Torian a, Torian and Jarrett. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure they're they're jonesing for that. Well, just to uh, make the money. I
0: mean, if they like Jarrett, which I could see, because they 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 could use a backup uh, center like Jared on.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I just don't <laughs> see anyone liking <laughs> Prince and trading away a good player for Prince. But but maybe uh, yeah. So so okay. So my last one is the Billy King Part duh? It is a trade for um, Donovan Mitchell, who perhaps the— Wow, you're poaching the Jazz. Look, we're not—yeah, he's upset at Gobert. He's being unreasonable. We're not sure he can—we're going to have to pay him a max contract in a year. Um, We're a small market team. We're not sure he's the guy we want to build around. He can't seem to play— with an, You know, he, he, he's not a point guard, but he can't seem to play with other point guards. Let, let's get what we can and get out of Donovan Mitchell um, for that, um, because Donovan Mitchell is not making much money right now. He's only going to he's going to be making five million next year. That's a straight up Jared Allen and uh, we'll throw him Kuroks. Sure. And uh, I think we'd have to give at least Phillies first and two Nets first. Um, for Donovan, yeah,
0: but I, think you're, I think you're giving up some serious picks for that, but that's not so bad.
1: Yeah. Uh, um,
0: and en- enjoy Utah Musa and Kurutz. Yeah,
1: and he's um, yeah. I mean, and he would be a defensive mind. He would be kind of like a young Drew-, Drew Holiday.
0: Um. All right, the last two guys I want to go for, I will just. Uh, I'll start, okay, I'll start here. Matisse Thybul, you know I want him, uh-huh. you know I need him. Uh, and I don't know what we'd have to do to get him. The Sixers are desperate for shooting. Yep. Yeah. Um, Thybul's contract can't be for very much. No. Um, so we might have to take on some bad, bad money, though for that like take on a um
1: al horford or something like that for all i i do not do and i do not think matisse theibel is worth taking on (laughs) on that contract
0: no it doesn't make much sense i was thinking a sign and trade of joe harris for theibel
1: yeah yeah that that could make sense the only issue to me that i would see with that is but that that i think is our best chance um, the only issue is that probably Joe Harris is gonna be able to sign from, for quite a, you know, a decent, like we've talked about, maybe around 14, 16 million. And the Sixers are one of those teams that they talked about on that show who are just in a crushingly b- bad salary cap situation. All right. Um, but yeah, I agree. We should, we, if we could figure out a way to get him, that's the type of player that we we should definitely get
0: all right well last one and this is really just what i would call the homage to simon trade
1: it's uh uh, marcus smart
0: Um, so boston simon as you as you know is in need in a big way of a big man. Yeah. We have a big man. His name is J Jared Allen. Yeah. Um we, you know, we get exciting, we we throw in a little kudos for him. Daddy Ainge <laughs> has seen seen what he's capable of and believes in him. Um and you know, whatever else to make the money work. But basically it'll be a Jared Allen for Marcus Smart Focused Trade.
1: Huh okay. I mean, I would, lo- I would love, love, love Marcus Smart. So yeah, I'm, I'm, in. I'm in.
0: All right, let's hit up the, um, the mailbag. So while you can't uh, mail in your ballot uh, across this nation, um, <laughs> nor seemingly will you be able to um, any time in the future, even if it means uh, losing your life to go cast a vote for either <laughs> Joe Biden or Donald Trump. Um, you can mail in questions to us anytime you want, uh, hit us up at maybe next time at gmail.com. DM us on IG on Twitter. Uh, I think we still have a Facebook page though. I wouldn't DM us there. Um, (laughs) we received a a mailbag this week though, from listener friend of the show, IRL Jay uh, so let me read his question here. Um, all right. A couple years ago, Big J, Jared Allen did a Twitch live stream AMA kind of thing. Um, to, to be totally TBH. I don't know what AMA stands for. Do you, do you Sam? Ask me anything. Oh, ask me anything kind of thing. Cool. Um, so pair games, consoles, or genres of game with, Nets players. Okay. Great question. Thank you for the question. We'd love all questions and it's the maybe next time guarantee that if you ever send a question, we will answer it. I have several answers to this, Simon, but you go, you go first.
1: Okay. Um, my first one is, Chef's Love Shack for N64.
0: Oh, God, uh, that game sucked.
1: <laughs> and that is Torian Prince. Um, Chef's Love Shack was one of the first w- – w- came out in in the, like, height of South Park mania when they were just licensing everything they could get their hands on to try to generate money for, uh, Matt and Trey. And, uh, it was a game that even though n 64 had a revolutionary at the time, joystick did not use the joystick Mm-mm. at all. Um, they also had, it was a trivia game. It was where they right, had, question and
0: answers, right? Yes.
1: Question and answers <laughs> where they had come up with maybe 40 questions. Um, So if you played that game more than four times, you were going to get some repeat questions. Um, It was a complete ripoff, just like Torian Prince has been. It was also entirely predictable, as I just said, just like Torian Prince is. He's either going to shoot it or if you make him drive, he's going to miss uh, or turn the ball over.
0: (laughs) That's really good. Um, And spot on. Thank you. Um so as you know, Simon, uh I'm a pretty big Doctor Mario fan. Yes. Uh, and I, I fell in love with Doctor Mario that summer at uh the pool house uh-huh, uh-huh. um when I would battle guys like uh Trey Cole and, and others in Docmar sixty four. So I learned Docmar on Sixty Four, then I then I left and I got Doctor Mario on SNES. Uh-huh. And on SNES... The, uh, the pills flip the opposite direction that they do on 64. So okay. I had learned and become extremely good at the 64 <laughs> version. But then I had to, like, relearn everything mm, yeah. on the SNES. And sure. as a result, it just became, like, a, a really frustrating sort of experience to try to reteach myself how to do it. And, unfortunately, what I think it ultimately did was, like, damage my, my ability on the 64. Because now, like, my instincts were just sort of, like, yeah. slightly off, you know? Right, um, sure, and I kind of just feel like like that is uh, analogous to like last year's nets and this year's nets. You know, like, I fell in love with the 64 version of the Nets, which was last year. They were young, plucky, D-Lo. Karis was really good in the playoffs. They they were the sixth seed in the East. They're on the rise, blah, 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 blah. And then we get this whole new team, and it's like, I have to change my expectations from, like, young, plucky, upstart to old, win now. Everything has to, you know, everything has to happen now. And it was it's just, like, a really frustrating experience for me. And... Uh, and is, is, is sort of like Super Nintendo Docmar Mar to me.
1: <laughs> right. Got it. Um, okay. My, uh, next one is, uh, Mortal Kombat. Mortal um, Kombat. <laughs> uh, for which system? Um, any system okay. really. I, including like in the arcade, um, and the reason I picked that was I I was obsessed with Mortal Kombat, especially particular Mortal Kombat 2, actually. Um, and but my parents wouldn't let me play it because it was violent, mm-hmm. and um, my parents needed to get a, a grip. Uh, <laughs> but but anyway, they wouldn't because it, it you know it was violent. I was a little kid, but that only of course made it all the more enticing. Right, having Finish it be forbidden him. fruit. Right. Um, and that to me is Kevin Durant. Uh, the fact that we can't see him play makes him all the more alluring. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, so you know the thing that I'm most excited for um, next year. <laughs> all right,
0: another another classic one, Simon. When you were a kid, um, did you have a, a Game Boy or a Game Gear? Um, I had both. Actually. Oh, motherfucker! Jesus Christ! Well, yeah. I was, I wasn't quite as lucky as you, Simon. As a kid, <laughs> I was a, I was a Game Boy kid. Uh huh. Um, and. My best friend at the time, Dave DeLeo, yeah. of course, had them both, right?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So I loved my Game Boy. Like, Tetris was amazing, Mario was great. I had, number, I just loved had everything about it. Like, the, I loved the feel of it. I had, like, a, a special case where I could keep, like, eight games with my, my uh, Game Boy. And I loved my Game Boy at home, but as soon as I went over to Dave's and he whipped it out, whipped out the game gear on me and yeah. I could see that color screen oh I yeah. was just the... like oh my god you are a god amongst boys Dave deleo yeah. like I was so envious and I always wanted one um, and I just feel right now like <clears throat> to me that the um, like at home I'm still I, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a big big Nets fan you know I got my little little case where I love them and I, I play my little black and white screen and like the Nets but um, then anytime I see fans of other teams it's like they're playing in color on a game gear and I'm just so envious that they have a more exciting like almost any team in the NBA to me right now is more exciting than the Nets um, and, and I just feel like that's the game boy game gear uh, dichotomy for me
1: yeah, well, just be warned. I don't know if Dave DeLeo had figured out a way out of this, if he was using a uh, rechargeable batteries or, a, or an AC adapter, but that thing eats batteries. Oh,
0: I know, eats I know. Eats batteries. Uh, the only thing his parents were buying in bigger bulk than Snapple was uh, AA <laughs> <double-A> batteries. <laughs> <Simon>. <laughs> God, I probably had 100,000 peach-flavored Snapples at that guy's house. <laughs>
1: Okay, excellent. Excellent. Um, (laughs) I'm remembering your love of Snapple when you like your early days in New York as well.
0: Oh, yeah, I can't. Um, I don't like them anymore because they don't come in the glass bottles. And I, oh. something about the plastic bottle just sort of, like, sullies the whole experience for so, me.
1: Yeah, they, they probably don't, um, like, snap off. Oh, with that God, it was incredible, sound that there. sound, the pop. Yeah.
0: You knew you were about to yeah. get just an ungodly amount of corn syrup just <laughs> pulsing through your eight-year-old veins while you watch Dave DeLale play in
1: full color on his game gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, snapples. Jesus. Yeah. Um, That takes me back. Um, So my my last one here is um, GoldenEye. GoldenEye was a game that was basically like a rite of passage. If you had an N64, you had to have GoldenEye. Oh, yeah. Um, It was a (laughs) cool game. So I am told I Uh, love
0: GoldenEye. I put we have it at our house right now. I love it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that, yes, I think it was probably one of the most popular, at least at the time, it was, like, one of the most popular games ever made. Um, people loved it. Uh, but honestly, I never really got that into no, it. it. You was too are uniquely for
0: ill-suited for GoldenEye.
1: Yeah, it was too hard for me. I didn't get, you know, high. there seemed to be just too many of the guys you had to kill. Um And, you know, I just never really advanced at it too good. And uh, (laughs) that's kind of how I feel about Kyrie Irving. Like, the guy, lots of people like him. I know lots of people hate him. So that's not a perfect uh, uh, comparison. But lots of people like Kyrie. He was, you know, a critical, good part of, of the Cavs. But, like, it just seems like... To me, it's hard for me to, to really like love him um, as I, as I know he is uh, for you as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, yes, not a huge fan. All right, my last one's going to be super brief. My favorite system is Super Nintendo, and my favorite <laughs> game. Is Super Mario Brothers my favorite game of all time the thing that i I honestly believe the thing that I at least at one point in my life was better at than literally anything else I've ever been uh, <laughs> uh, uh, been good at like I yeah. was I was ha- hands down um, better at Super Mario Brothers than I have been at anything else in my life. Um, and you know, it's not. I'm not. It's not something I'm necessarily proud of. But uh, I, facts I love facts, facts, facts are facts. Facts You should
1: see this guy play Super Mario. If you doubt it, he <laughs> he is like a professional video gamer. Uh, I mean, a little bit
0: of it has has gone away with age, but um, and not playing it, you know, eight hours a day. Um, But yes, I was quite good at it. So anyway, those are my two favorite things about video games. And as you can see, um, IRL Jay Z, we we are are not um, active gamers.
1: Currently, <laughs> yes, named a, a system that has been made right. in the last like 20 years. Right.
0: If you're talking GameCube or later, then you, you are way <laughs> too advanced for us. Yeah. Uh, Xbox, PS2 or whatever. I played a little Tony Hawk on PS2, I think. Maybe um, Grand Theft Auto I played a little of. Uh-huh. Anyway, that oof, doesn't matter. Anyway, SNES and Super Mario are my favorite two things, and so they remind me of my favorite two nets, who are in no particular order: Nick Claxton and Wilson Chandler. <laughs> um...
1: <laughs> I don't understand why Wilson Chandler. <laughs>
0: It's a combination of absolute mediocrity on the court, a PDA, P, uh, PED suspension, uh, his, I'm told by you, um, somewhat leftist politics, which yeah. I like. Yeah. Uh, and that is, that is the extent of my enjoyment of him. I can't remember seeing him do something on a court in basketball this, this year. So it's certainly not his basketball that I like. Um, (laughs) it's just the general aura surrounding the guy that I'm into. And I've talked at length about why I like Nick Claxton. Yes. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we have blown past the one hour marker. Uh as we <laughs> seemingly can't help but do in these corona times. I mean yeah. I think like most people, we are starved for conversation, for connection. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um and this, I guess, is where we're getting it.
1: Yeah, it's Even where we've
0: got to get it. It's where we've got to get it. Um all right. Simon, as always, it's been a pleasure. Uh, should people? I don't know. Do you think they should rate us or not?
1: Yes, they should. <laughs> the answer is yes, big time yes. <laughs> With all the free time you may or may not have, unless you're an essential worker and your days are full of heroic work, um, and in which case, still review us. <laughs> yeah, still, hey, throw a five star in there. Take a so break a tremendous amount to worry about but one thing you don't need to worry about is how many how many stars to rate us 5 uh, uh wherever you get your podcast your ipad i uh, iTunes or what's it called now um apple podcasts uh your stitchers your spotify get over, on there. overcast
0: there's... or overdrive or something like that there's uh, that one gets a lot of traffic Oh really? Pocket Cast that's my pro- yeah that's my I think I believe I have pocket cast uh, you can go straight to Anchor. They'll shoot you everywhere we are. See if there's one you like that you'd like to discover, perhaps, through Anchor. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also, if you or someone you love works at or knows someone <laughs> <laughs> who works at uh, Bud Light Lime, we would love to be in touch. We are looking for sponsorship in all the wrong places. Uh, and we... <laughs> <laughs> We could sure use your help on that one. All right, Simon, let's wrap this one up, and okay. we'll go ahead and see, see ya, ya. next
1: I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn-out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read If you like pina coladas And getting caught